Amen. Isn't it great to be in the house? Amen. You can be seated. Even though we're getting to a message called stand, you can be seated. Ah, man, what a, what a week it has been. What a week we're going to have moving forward. But, uh, you know, I believe that God is communicating to us through this message called stand. I've, I've heard several of you, you've come up to me and you're like, Pastor, that, that, that message has helped me. That message is allowing me to to grow more and, and is challenging me to, you know, go in, you know, st- deeper depths when it comes to my relationship with God and with Christ. We've been looking at different stories in the book of Daniel the last couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to take a look at another one this morning out of Daniel chapter 6. Week number one, we looked at about standing out when God calls us to be different. We understand that 1 Thessalonians 4 and 6 tells us that the will of the Lord for our lives is to be holy. Holy means to be separated or to be different. So we understand that we have been called to stand out in this world that we live in. To stand out in the society that we are in today. The second week, we looked at uh, standing up for what is right and for what is true. Oftentimes we can be challenged Challenge in your home, in your workplace, just challenge amongst your friends. And we can be challenged in such a manner as, are we going to give in to the temptations and to complexities that the world gives us in order to live a lifestyle that it wants us to live in? Or are we going to stay, stand firm and true in understanding what is right and what is true according to the scriptures that God gives us? Today, we're going to look at a different one, and it's called Standing strong. And we're going to look at the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Now, I'm, I'm very big about this. I've said this many other times. I remember growing up in Sunday schools or on Wednesday night, you know, kids' church or in, in children's churches and, and different things like that. And back then, the illustration was always on the green felt boards. You know what I mean? And you always had this depiction of when it became the, you know, Daniel and the lion's den. You had Daniel was probably set around between 30 and 40 years of age, which I'm still in that bracket right now, praise Jesus, till December. <laughs> then life goes downhill real fast for me. And, and you see him with these lions that are perfectly tamed. It's like they were in, you know, you know, you know in a circus act or whatever. And, and so we think in our minds that this is probably how it must have went. But on the contrary, you know, we understand that last week we looked at Daniel and, and, uh, he was much older than the previous week, and now we're looking at, him, looking at him much older now than what he was even then. And he's probably right around in his 80s. So he wasn't this just, you know, young, young buck, so to say. You know, he, was, he was definitely had a little bit of age to him. And, and, uh, and, and let's just be honest, the lions that were probably thrown into this lion's den were probably not kittens either, you know. They probably weren't those felt board tamed lions that we think of. Um, yeah, I, I remember I saw the best illustration I've ever seen of Daniel in the Lion's Den at Sight and Sound in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, that's a great place. We're actually, here's a, here's a commercial. We're trying to plan something for, I think, March or, or April or something like that for this year to, to go back. But, um, so keep an eye on, on that. But we're going to get right into Daniel 6 this morning. And we, we understand that last couple of weeks, Daniel has been... Uh, I guess he's been under the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, now it's going to be different. Daniel's going to be under a different king, and uh, King Darius. And 
what's interesting here is that Darius, King Darius in this time frame, uh, was a king who was very administrative. In other words, he was really good at organization. Who in here is really poor at organization? Raise your hand. Okay, a couple of you are, there's two of you who are completely honest. Three of you who now are completely honest. All right, that is awesome. You three will go to heaven. All right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right? There's probably a lot more of you. Let's just face it. You know, you, we all have that room in our house that's just like, boom. Am I right? Catch all. It takes, how about the counter? You know, last night we had a, uh, uh, and, and I, I wasn't going to say nothing about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's amazing when you have family come over how quickly you are instructed by your spouse to get the house clean. Right? I instructed her and she obeyed. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Flip that one around, right? I'm in the lion's den later, that's for sure. So, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing how you can be so disorganized within your homes. And, and we have this counter in our kitchen, and it collects every, every children's church activity, every YMCA activity for the kids, every school project that was from last year's school, it all collects on this one counter, you know what I'm saying? And uh, last night we had a, a going away party for, for Kyle, who's joining the Navy this week. So we're really proud of Kyle. Absolutely. And uh, so it's, it's amazing to me how quickly things in life can sometimes get really unorganized. Well, here you had a king who uh, was... was I believe in, in some aspects lining up with what God was wanting to do because without Daniel and going through some of the hardships that he went through, we wouldn't have some of the lessons that we can learn today. You've, you guys heard me say this many times that we go through a lot of our tests and trials and they're not necessarily enemy bought. Think about that for a second. They're not necessarily brought to us because the enemy is trying to attack us. But sometimes God allows these things to happen. Why? So that he can teach us and help us to grow. So we have this king now who's different from King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember him? He was horrible. He was out all about killing everybody. And he was destroying the temple and destroying the relics that, that represented the Jewish customs and different things like that. And he was all about this destruction. Well, now we have this new guy in town, and he's all about organization. And so he did something, and we're going to look at it in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. He put three administrators over 120 people, and Daniel was actually one of those three. Their job was specifically this, to protect against rebellion, to levy the taxes, and to guard the financial affairs of the nation. Now, how many of you need somebody to guard the financial affairs of your life? Do not raise your hand. Just think about that, all right? So we're going to get right into the scripture. And this is what it says. Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. With, their, with three administrators over them. One of them was Daniel. The satraps, or what they were considered as kingdom protectors... They were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. In other words, it was their job to protect the kingdom. This guy was great, obviously, at delegating here. Verse number three. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities 
that the king planned to put him in charge, placing him in, in, over something, over the whole kingdom. Now, understand this. Up to this point, we have seen all throughout Daniel's life how he has extinguished himself to be set above everyone else. I don't believe that he was extinguished or, or he did this in a prideful manner, but he was just willing to stand out when it came to God. He served with an excellent spirit, always willing to go that extra mile. And so the king looks on Daniel as to say, you know, he's head and shoulders above everyone else, and because of this, I am going to give him a special place in my kingdom. In fact, I'm going to make him second command. Sounds like a great day for him. Sounds like a great opportunity of promotion for Daniel. I want you to understand this for a moment. A quote that I want to give you, and it says this. What looks like a promotion from the outside actually introduces a lot of problem from the inside. Think about that statement for a moment. What actually looks like a promotion from the outside actually introduces a lot of trouble from the inside. So we're going to take a look at a guy who was being falsely accused. He's developing faith. He's developing relationship. God is blessing him. But there's some people who become extremely jealous of Daniel. In fact, there's two individuals that we're going to break into in just a few moments who become extremely jealous of Daniel. Now, I believe that there's three truths to help us, you and I, to stand strong. And the first one is this. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. Think about that for a moment. When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. A lot of times it's the people that you think that would be more excited about the blessing in your life, who would be there for you, actually ends up being the ones who are speaking against you. So you see, Daniel, in this moment, had been raised up. God had, he had a special place, I guess you could say, in God's vision, in God's plan, or in God's heart for his people. He was raised up, but yet we're going to see here in just a few moments exactly how he was tore down. Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 through 5 says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charge against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. In other words, if we could find some dirt in his closet, if we can find something, we're going to use it against him. Now, have you ever been in something, maybe, maybe you've been surrounded by people and promotion had come your way. Or maybe you've been one of these individuals. Promotion has come your way. Blessing has come your way. But a jealous spirit kind of comes over them. Or maybe comes over you. And so people begin to question, well, how in the world did that happen to them? Why do they get this in their life? Do they not know what they have done? Do people not see the, corrupt, the corruption here? Do people, how, how can they be blessed? When I see the life that they lived, how, how can this be happening? Or, or maybe, you know, you've been blessed financially and, and, and people would talk bad against you about, well, can you believe what they're doing with their money? Can you believe how they're handling their finances? You see, it's easy for us to get caught up in a trap of jealousy. It's easy for us to begin to compare our lives with the lives of other people and say, God, how could you allow this to happen? 
I think these other individuals, these protectors, so to speak, were very jealous of Daniel. They were jealous because here's a man who, who doesn't believe the way they believe. Here's a man who doesn't live the lifestyle that they live. In a sense, here's a man who is controversial. We've already seen that. He's controversial because, you know, what? I'm not going to eat what you want me to eat. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm going to eat what I think God wants me to eat. But he, does, he never did it arrogantly, did he? We looked at that. Uh, I believe it was last week. He didn't do it arrogantly, but he did it in a, in a what? Compassion, showing love, showing humility, showing what? Gentleness. So we see here that here is a man who, who is being somewhat, or is about to be attacked for his beliefs. He's about to be attacked for his promotion. And really, he's never done anything wrong. The problem is, I believe with so many of us, is that people believe, hey, if I'm serving God, then I should never have to face an opposition. I mean, I'm trying to do what, what, what is right. I shouldn't have people, what, against me. How many know that's not true? How many know that even as a Christ follower, you're still going to face opposition? You're still going to face people who are going to come against you. In fact, I believe even more so as a Christ follower, we receive those attacks in our lives. Why? Because people want to see people who are positive, full of joy, full of love, full of happiness. What? To come down to their level. Misery loves company. But understand this. We don't battle against what? Flesh and blood. Do we? but rather against powers and principalities of this dark world. We can always expect resistance from the prince of darkness. If you're not ready to face opposition for your, your obedience to God, then maybe we are not ready to be what? Used of God. Think about that for a moment. I hear a lot of people say, you know, I just want God to use me. I just want God to, to allow me to maybe be involved in the ministry. I just want God to use me. I just want God to develop me. I just want God, you know, God, let me preach. Think about that one really hard. God, let me sing. I pray for that all the time. It just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? I'm like, I stand there and I go, okay, I'm going to shut up now because I'm making everybody else sound bad, you know? We pray for these things, but you know what? I believe sometimes God looks at us and says, but you're not going to be able to handle the opposition because you're not strong enough in your faith and you're not strong enough in your relationship with me yet to be able to handle the attack that's about to come your way. And so what do we do? We become frustrated. We become very frustrated at this because we say, God, use me. Use me, God. Use me in this season. Use me to begin a ministry. Use me greater in my church. Use me in my workplace. Use me within my family. But yet God looks at us and says, wait a minute. What have you done to prepare the groundwork for such as, as things as this? Are you faithful in your spiritual disciplines? Are you allowing the word of God, listen, not just to be something that is read, but is a part of your life in every breath, and in every word that comes out of your mouth. 
Are your thoughts Christ-centered? Are you going daily? Listen, some people believe that you're sanctified in a moment. I do not. I believe sanctification is a process. Every day, God is working on me to become a better Christ follower of him. Every single day, God is having to do a transplant in my life. Every single day, God is having to rip something out of my life and put something into my life. Every day, God is facing me with challenges. Why? So that I can be in the process of a sanctified life. We need to get to the spot where we're going, God, just like I believe with Daniel. We read these stories and we think, man, he was such a strong force for God. I believe that wholeheartedly, but I believe he allowed himself day in and day out to be put into a process where God was able or he was enabling God to do a work in his life. So here you've got these guys. You've got Daniel who's standing up. You've got Daniel who has stood out. And now you have Daniel who was standing strong. But these guys are thinking to their minds, you know what we got to do? We've got to stop him. So what do they do? Says, hey, king, how about this? How about we issue a law, a, a decree that over the next 30 days, no one can pray to any God except for you, the king. And if they pray to another God, then they will be thrown into the lion's den. King Darius was much like many other kings who was very vulnerable to pride and he agreed. Now, there's a problem here. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. But King Darius and Daniel had a relationship. They had a bond. They had a friendship. There's a camaraderie there. There is something stronger there than what this king had with these other individuals. But King Darius in this moment allowed pride and, and excitement and of, of, you know what, people are going to bow down to me. Have you ever been in a moment where maybe someone has wronged you or done something against your family or maybe done something against a friend and you want God to put a punishment on them so that it's almost as if they're bowing down and saying, you're right and I was wrong. It got really quiet there because I think many of us are reviewing our lives and going, yeah, I've kind of done that. I might have done that a time or two. I might have done that where I wanted my, my pride to get involved or get in the way here. I believe this is what happened when King Darius, he was not spirit-led in this moment, but what was he rather? Emotionally led. Here's a moment where an emotional reaction potentially could possibly destroy a great friendship. The first option that you and I have is this, when we're faced with a hardship, is that is the option would be to stop praying. Think about for a moment, have you ever been in a moment where you just, you felt like the weight of the world was on you? Everything was kind of crumbling against you? And you just, you know what? I just don't feel like praying about it no more. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm frustrated. One of the first options that we have in dealing with when we have such negativity or such uh, things coming against us is we can always just stop what? Stop praying. Secondly, Daniel in this moment could be like 
just fake it. See, what you need to understand in this story is that these other individuals came to King Darius wanting Daniel to be killed, wanting Daniel to be completely out of the picture. I mean, who has ever wanted you to be killed? Don't raise your hand, please. Don't look at a person beside you. But think about that. I don't think any of us have ever wanted someone to kill us. I don't know that any of us have ever been targeted in such a manner like that. But here Daniel is being targeted by these men. And he's, they're setting it up for what they think is a potential failure. And there's no way that God is going to be able to move in this moment. They were what? They were waiting. They were watching. And now they were setting up the attack. We understand that what the enemy is constantly doing in our lives is he is waiting, he is watching you, and then he's going to set up the attack. Do you remember the snake story? Don't worry, I'm not going to say it again. So here you've got these guys and they're setting this up. And the king is excited. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly how, you know what? People are going to know who I am. They're going to respect my authority. They're going to respect my position. And they're going to bow down to me. We read later on in the scripture, Daniel, he goes on. He goes on about his business, goes to his home, begins to pray. He has a couple options. One, he could stop praying. He could say, you know what? This isn't worth me losing my life over. After all, what? God can forgive me. We'll just put it on hold for 30 days. Yeah, let me see you put prayer on hold for 30 days and let me see how that affects your life. Let me see you put reading God's word on hold for 30 days and let me see how that affects your life. The second option he had, we could fake it. We're pros at that. How about when you go out with a, maybe another couple who, who isn't Christ followers and who doesn't pray before their meals? You have that awkward moment, right? And you're like, as you're cutting your meat, Jesus bless this food. Yeah, how about that game, you know? Faking it. Don't, don't do that. You don't need to do Stand up, man. Know who you are. Know who you serve. That one moment can make a difference in somebody's life. Could question who is this you're praying to. The third thing that he could have done is this. He's going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep praying publicly. I'm going to pray out loud. I'm going to risk my death. So what in the world built that kind of audacious, audacious faith? What in the world built such faith for Daniel to be able to stand strong in the midst of a dire circumstance? That brings us to our second thing this morning. Kneeling to pray is what gives you strength to stand. Verse 10 says this, and it's very powerful. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he says, what did he do? He went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Not one time. Not two times, right? But how many? Three times a day. Three times a day, he what? Got on his knees. And what did he do? He prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Our first response to trials 
should never be panic, but it should always be prayer. Think of it this way. And, and I've related this, this many times before, but you go through a certain circumstance and you go through a trial and a hardship, and the first thing we want to do, what? We want to find our best friend, or we want to find the, forget the best friend, the first person that we see. And we, what do we want to do? We want to tell them about it. We want to tell them about our problem. We want to tell them about our issue. Why? Because we believe that, they're go- one, they're going to listen, hopefully. Hopefully. Chances are they got so many cares in their life, they could care less about what your care is, to be honest. But you're hoping they're going to listen. But number two, you're hoping that they're going to give you an answer. You're hoping that they're going to give you something to help you to get out of your mess that chances are you probably put yourself into in the first place, right? And so we do this. And guess what? If they don't give us what we're looking for, what do we do? Next. And if they don't give us what we're looking for, what? Next. Then we get on the cell phone. Boom. Watch this. Then we hit social media hoping for somebody to like or love our post, to comment on our post, so we can feel better about our what? Selves. We're always looking for what? The quick fix. We're always looking for everything other than what? Going to God first. I love this with Daniel. He knows what's happening. He, I believe he had that unction like these guys, they just don't like me. You ever met somebody that you know they just didn't like you? And they, you know that they, somewhere along the way they were going to stab you in the back and it didn't matter what the price was, they were going to try their hardest and their darnest to do it? I think we've all been there before. I think we've all probably done it before as well. But here Daniel is in this moment where he's heard this decree and instead of panicking and freaking out and going, God, what? Well, wait a minute, I can't even say that. Instead of deciding, you know what, for 30 days I just won't have to pray because it's only said for 30 days that's all this is going to happen. For 30 days, God, I'm going to have to put you on hold. Let me put you over here. He didn't respond in the sense of, you know what, I'm just going to fake this, fake it until I make it type deal, right? No. What did it say he did? He went home right away doing what he does every single day. His windows were wide open. That's almost like, I'm going to show him how powerful my God is. I'm going to show the enemy who's trying to attack me, who's been waiting and watching and looking for an opportune time to hit me as hard as he possibly can. I am going to show the enemy that God is much stronger than anything that's going to try to oppress you in your life. I don't know what maybe you might be going through in your life right now. I don't know what kind of pressures, I don't know what kind of turmoil, I don't know what kind of problems have been faced before you. I want you to understand this. When we stand strong in God, God always answers back faithfully to his people. Every single time. Daniel didn't announce his prayers publicly. We understand that Jesus even looked at the Pharisees and their prayers and did not like how they were boastful about it. But we understand Daniel went back to his house. 
And for three times a day, facing toward Jerusalem, he continued to pray to his God. I'm convinced that so much of the success of Daniel's life was based upon this. He pre-decided that no matter what opposition, no matter what problem he was going to be faced with, he was going to stand firm and was going to stand strong. I love that. I love that example because I'm too wishy-washy in my own life. You're too wishy-washy in your own life. Many times, depending on the day and depending on how we feel, it's going to depend on whether or not we're willing to battle back. And let's face it, many times you have more bad days than you have good. And so what does that result in? Whatever. I'm just going to get through another day. What, I'm just tired. Whatever. How many times have we come into the house of God that way? We still make it in here, but man, our attitude stinks as we're coming through the door, right? Oh, I got to hear another horrible message by Pastor Kevin today. Don't, don't clap. It's not a clapping moment. I heard that one. How many times, though, have we had those moments in our life where we feel like the attack, the enemy is hitting us so hard, and you know what? God, you know what? I just don't have enough to deal with today. I just can't do this today, and so we'll just sit. And the attack will continue, and it will continue, and it will continue. Now, look, I'm not promising that every time you're going to stand strong, that everything is going to work in your favor the way you think it should work. But I'm going to promise you as you stand strong, everything is going to work in your favor according to what God has planned for your life. And understand this. I would rather have God's, I would rather have God's hardships any day than the enemy's blessing. Think about that for a moment. It says that he knelt before God in prayer. He was able to stand before people because he had knelt before the presence of God. He had pre-decided, he had predetermined that no matter what was going to come his way, he was going to stand strong. My, our challenge this morning, and one of our challenges today, is are we willing to predetermine and predecide regardless of what we're going to face, be faced with, regardless of the problem, regardless of the trial, regardless of the negativity, regardless of how it's affecting us, I'm going to stand strong no matter what when it comes to God. We see the third thing here, and it is this. When you do what is right, you can always trust God with the results. When you do what is right, you can always trust God with the results. You see, for 80 years to this point, Daniel had been faithful to God. He saved him. He trusts in him. He has faith in him. So now we see Daniel in a very rough spot. These guys, they find out what Daniel's doing. They're setting it up. They know what's happening. They take it before the king. I think the reality sets in in that moment where the king goes, I've really messed this up. I have a friendship. I have a camaraderie. I have a respect for this man. And I've made a decree. I've made a law. I've made something permanent. And I can't get rid of it. 
Daniel doesn't waver in his faithfulness to God. He doesn't waver. And, and, and like many of us would do, we would go, well, if I'm going to be killed, you know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to fake it. He continues to press. He continues to, to have that prayer time. And so it's brought before King Darius. Now Darius is set with an ultimatum. Either he's going to look really bad before his kingdom, or he's going to really, potentially kill someone that he, I believe he loved. So King Darius goes on and sends Daniel and places him into the lion's den. We're going to look at verse 22. It says, My God sent his angel, speaking of Daniel, and he shut the mouth of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty. It says, verse 23, that the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Now, I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure what this pit looked like. I'm not sure how deep it was or how big or anything like that, but it, it was big enough for these lions. And I'm sure that they weren't taken care of well. They probably weren't fed on a, a good diet. In other words, these lions were probably in a starvation mode. Are you following me here? In other words, they weren't full and said, you know what, oh, we'll pass on this one. Let's wait for the next guys. You know? I can't help but to think, this is the first time animals ever fasted in the Bible. God caused a fast. Don't you know when there's a fast, something good results from it? Right? Yeah. Here we go, Daniel. Good luck for you, buddy. So he throws them in there. We, we have pictures and, and we have mental thoughts that you know, they came up and they laid beside him and he used them as a pillow, one as a pillow, one as a blanket, maybe, you know, one to brush the dirt off his face with his, with his tail, you know. That's how we think of this moment. I don't know what happened. I want to think the worst. I want to think these things were beasts and they were just like, you know, but they're, God shut their jaws. And they couldn't harm Daniel. But in the scripture, says that King Jer Jer uh, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his, what? God. In other words, when you do what's right, you're going to always trust God with the result. We may not always get the result that we want. I mean, because think of this, them, those lions could have ate him up. And we wouldn't have this story to really talk about today. You know, if Daniel would have never stood strong, we wouldn't have Sunday school lessons and sermons and all these things to bring your way. But because of a man who stood strong, not knowing what the future was going to hold because of his strong stance, look what we have to reflect on today to help us in our life to grow. I say that to say this, you may not understand the result that you might be going through, but when you stand strong, you may affect generations to come after you that can look back and see that truly must have been a man or a woman of God. 
So here you have got Daniel. Now, if I were Daniel and he brought me out of there, I'd be like, you and me, we're done. I'm out. Do what you want, I'm gone. And then I'd have the attitude of, yeah, take them other two jokers, throw them in there. I want, to see, I want front row seat. Right? I want to see the bloodshed. I want to see the limbs rip. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. That's how we take on our attitude. We can't always control what the results are, but we can always control how we're going to react to it. How are you going to react in life when the trials and tribulations you're going to be faced with? Are you going to be one of those who panic? And, 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 and you know what? I'm not going to pray now. Or I'm going to fake it. Are you going to be one of those who, as Daniel was and, and, and uh, was, was instructed to eat this food, are you going to be one that's going to be like, all right, I'll eat it. Everyone's living. I guess I could eat it too. When it went against his diet. When it went against what God had planned for him. We see all throughout Scripture men and women who are faced with trials and tribulations. And what is so important is the way they respond to them. How are you responding right now with what you're being faced with? How are you reacting to it? You see, King Darius, when it was brought to his attention to, to make this degree, he had arrogance and pride overcome him. And so he reacted from an emotional decision. Now, I've told you guys many times, I like emotion, but I like the word of God even better. I like the scriptures and the truth that it gives me. And many times as humanity, we react out of emotion and we can't help that. But what we can help is the decisions that we make from the act of emotion. On how we're going to correct our behavior. How we could respond differently in the future. See, I look at my own life and I think of the way that I've responded or acted or reacted to different things. And some things I'm just plain flat embarrassed God, just take that out of my mind. I don't even want to think that I even thought that way or reacted that way. But you know, God doesn't allow that thought and, and that, you know, that vision to go away from me. Why? So that I learn from it. So that I don't allow it to fall back into the same trap again. Daniel stood strong. He stood strong in the face of opposition, knowing what the end result was going to be, but yet he stood strong and trusted in his God. This morning, as you face opposition, and as I close, as you face opposition, as you face trials, as you, as you face difficulties, are you going to stand strong? You may know what the result is, but are you going to trust in God that he can turn your situation completely around? I want you to stand with me this morning. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this dark world. But if we can stand firm in our faith, if we can do as Ephesians tells us to do when we're being faced and when we're placed into a battle, and that is to put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God. The helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, sword of the Spirit. 
You know what I'm talking about. Read it. It'll do you good. (laughs) But if we could put on that full armor, the peace, if we could put on that full armor, and understanding that every day that we live is a day is a battle, knowing that there's going to be a conflict, conflict in your mind, maybe conflict in the flesh, conflict in a marriage, conflict on the job. But you know what? Today, Lord, before I walk out of this door, I'm going to spend that time in prayer and I'm going to put on that armor today that Ephesians talks about. To knowing that the enemy, he is waiting. He is watching for an opportune time to attack me in my weakest moment, but I'm not going to allow him to have the benefit, to have the joy to find me in that moment. And if he does, he can't pierce through the armor that God has placed on you. He can't get through that stuff. He can't get through the word. There's no denying the word of God. The word is truth. The word is powerful. 